welcome again to A Pastor and His People. This is uh, a podcast from the Park Baptist Church uh, to learn more about our membership and how we can be more faithfully following the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I am Pastor Dave Kane here with John Whitaker. Hello. Uh, today is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to hand uh, the questioning and the interviewing uh, skills over to my good friend, um, uh, John Whitaker, and he's going to ask me questions about the Southern Baptist Convention. The Southern Baptist Convention had their uh, annual meeting uh, last week and had the pr- privilege to attend. Uh, so I was going to give John an opportunity just to ask me questions about my observations from it and hopefully we can learn a little bit more about um, what God's doing in our larger uh, denomination. So John, handing it over to you, friend. All right. I, this is my first time interviewing, so please be merciful. I've I listen to the podcast, but I'm still learning. You're, you're an avid listener. I'm an avid listener. <laughs> uh, um, so first question, how was your trip? Uh, it was a great trip. You know, I think that I was hesitant to go. Uh, I was been doing a lot of traveling here lately and really honestly, I was just kind of tired. And uh, I kind of submitted myself to the elders and said, uh, brothers, this is why one of my fellow pastors thinks I should go. Uh, I'm not so sure. What do you guys think? And they encouraged me to go and... In general, I, I find the time I find the time refreshing, encouraging to my to my heart, just seeing what God's doing, and just some great fellowship with uh, fellow pastors and uh, ministers um, of the gospel. It's really encouraging. Could you give us one highlight and one low light from the trip? Uh, from the trip or from the um, the actual convention? Um, whatever you choose. Most likely the convention. Let's talk about the convention, not other things. Uh, well, I think that one of the highlights uh, for me was the the IMB, uh, the International Mission Board, has their um, you know every every agency has a has a report. So the seminaries have reports. The uh, Ethics, Religious, and Liberty uh, Commission has a report. Uh, North American Mission Board, uh, the, the International Mission Board, and the International Mission Board. New President Paul Chitwood kind of gave his um, uh, report, and then they they gave a commissioning of all our missionaries and. There, there was something sweet to see men and women, um, some faces we were able to see because they're going to uh, areas where the gospel's allowed, and others going to um, closed countries where the gospel's not allowed and had to hide their identity. And just to hear how they were called to missions, how they were called to uh, the nations and where they're going, my goodness, I think I just wept for about 20 minutes, uh, just seeing people um, willing to leave their family and their friends and go uh, with their children uh, to the nations. Uh, super encouraging. Uh, low light. Um, you, should done, you should have done the low I light should, first. I should have done the <laughs> low light first. Um, yeah, the, the, I would say um, the low light was, I would say twofold. One, I think that it was um, sobering to see and hear all the stories of how Southern Baptist pastors and churches have not cared um, for young women and young boys in, in the area of, of purity. Uh, so just hearing stories of sexual abuse uh, happening um, and seeing scores of people um, standing up uh, that they were abused as children. And not all of them were abused in, in churches, of course, but many were mm-hmm. uh, by pastors. And just that, that was just really sobering. I think it was positive that the convention was addressing it and looking at it. But my goodness, when you realize the spiritual harm and the physical harm that, um, that of, of men that God has entrusted with his sheep, it was really, really gut-wrenching. 
And then just maybe how we disagreed about certain areas. Um, you know, I think that we have the Southern Baptist Convention is a large umbrella. So we have what binds us together is the Baptist faith and message. And I think that there are some that want to read certain things maybe too closely and aren't willing to be charitable in other areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that um, maybe a spirit of disunity among some would also be a point of discouragement. So your problem isn't that there is disagreement, it's how they go about their disagreement? Absolutely. I think that there is, it's right and good for people to disagree. Right. Um, I mean, there's people disagree in our own church. Um, I think that what I've seen in our own congregation is that we may dis- disagree, but we disagree in love. We disagree in patience. Mm-hmm. Um, we disagree through the text of Scripture. Let's wrestle with the text. And uh, I just saw not maybe large, maybe a subset of people throwing characterizations out there and assuming people's motives mm-hmm. and uh, rather than truly listening to one another. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time and a place to talk about disagreements, and uh, I just don't know if we as a convention are doing that well. Gotcha. Um, so is this your first time at an SBC convention? It was my first time. I've been to a lot of associational meetings and a lot of uh, South Carolina Baptist conventions. Mm-hmm. This was the first national one I went to. Okay. And you said that you felt like you know, you were asked to go, considered with the elders. Why did you feel like this one was important to go to? Well, it's a great, it's a great question. You know, in the past, um, ones that have been farther away, mm-hmm. higher you know, expense, getting you know, flying out to Phoenix for the last year and getting a hotel room and all that sort of thing. This was just a drive, you know, mm-hmm. um, very a lot more manageable. Um, a, a friend of mine, the reason why he he recommended I should go, well, one is that it's important if uh, we're going to be a Southern Baptist church to know what happens within our denomination. Mm-hmm. I think there was a couple key issues. The the report on sexual abuse was one that I think that we need to be aware of and we need to hear. Um, you know, I think that we can't avoid that sort of thing. You know, we have uh, been actively trying to make um, put processes in, cha- in place in our own congregation to make sure that we are protecting our own children here. Everything from, you know, updating our policy and procedure manual for our kids' ministry to adding windows in our doors. You know, we're trying to you know make sure that couples that are married are not working together in, in certain areas. So we're trying to really be careful there, but I think it was important for me to hear largely what's happened with our convention and how mistakes that people have made. Um, I do think the, 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 the question of women in ministry and what's their role in women, women ministry, their role in ministry uh, is an important one. You know, I think that um, Southern Baptist convention have always agreed that women can't be pastors. Right. Um, and how we interpret that issue of complementarian, um, perspective is is uh, is important and there's just a lot of confusion on that today so i thought uh, those two issues especially uh, were important to go to this one and does our church give to the sbc we do we give um eight percent of our receipts so our total receipts we have eight percent of our budget goes to the south carolina baptist convention so and then uh, a portion of that stays in south carolina to support the agencies we have here our our, our, our state convention as well as our, our three institutions, mm-hmm. North Greenville, Anderson, uh, North Charleston. And then the rest goes um, in a split between the executive committee, the Southern Baptist um, seminaries, right? Um, the six seminaries, I am the North American Mission Board and the IMB. Okay. What is the cooperative program? That's a great question. So uh, the cooperative program is um, a program where churches choose to pool their resources together Right to voluntarily cooperate um, 
so that we can send mission missionaries out. Right? So the Southern Baptist Convention has always been a missionary organization. Right? Um, sadly, it started, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention started in 1961 when a, a church from Alabama wanted to send a missionary overseas. Um, and th- that church believed the, the missionary was a slaveholder. Right? Um, and because the... 1861. 1861. I said 1861. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 1861. I remember this. Uh, 1861. Um, and the, the the Southern states did not. Uh, they wanted him to be a missionary. They thought he, he could still be a missionary, even though he owned, owned slaves. Um, uh, the Northern Baptist Convention, did, Northern states did not. So there was a split. So the Southern Baptist Convention has has its own uh, shaded past. You know, I think like any church, you kind of you're, you're you're always in the light, but you're always in, there's also times in the shadows. Um, so we've always been a mission organization, and I think that we personally do not have the resources to send a missionary uh, overseas full-time, paying their salary and their benefits and their lodging and all that sort of thing. But a group of churches can, right? So right now there's, you know, the, the, the International Mission Board employs the largest mission field internationally, right, because of the cooperative program. So churches agree to give a part, a part of their their um, ties and offerings to the convention to to do greater work. So that the great principle of we can do more together than we can apart. So you mentioned it, um, what you just said. Historically, racism has played a big part in our denomination. Uh, do you still see that now? How big of a deal is racism? You know, going to the convention was it brought up, mentioned? You know, what, what's going on there? Yeah. So the, there's two things that happened at the convention that in that were, were historic. So since 1900. Turn, the turn of the, of the 19th, um, 20th century, the, the, our Constitution has been changed twice, or three times. This was the third time it was changed, where we said that if a church um, uh, does not properly report sexual abuse in their congregation, that they can be disassociated from the convention. Mm-hmm. Also, if a church discriminates based on, on race, that they would be um, put out of the convention. So uh, I think that um, 42% of the SBC are non-white churches, right? So primarily a minority uh, churches. Um, most of the church plants, I think 60% of the new church plants that started in the SBC this past year were, were led by a non-white pastor. So I think that there's tremendous strides that are happening in the SBC, but um, I do think that racism still exists, right? Because... Um, one, we, we live in a fallen world, right? So, uh, and some people have been raised a certain way, and some, sometimes those things are hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. So I think discrimination is there. I think less so. I think we're trying to shine a light where uh, discrimination happens. I think um, uh, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary has been done a wonderful job being in the front um, front of the conversation. It's a good and, school. It's a great school, right? Uh, front of the conversation to um, really... Uh, advocate and um, give opportunities for uh, minorities in positions of leadership mm-hmm. uh, and and training. You know, so the Kingdom University Scholarship is a wonderful blessing there. So I think there's trying to correct some of the mistakes that were made in the past, uh, but when you're trying to kind of change a whole entire perspective, that just takes time, right? So several questions came from the floor asking why uh, the different um, agency heads, so the executive committee, the uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary, there wasn't any um, minorities placed in those positions. So um, some were interviewed, but not none were selected. So, you know, questions came to that. So there's still a residual, I think, effect um, 
from years past, but I think largely it's headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Say there's a pastor listening, and he is part of the SBC, and he's thinking about leaving the SBC, or he's kind of questioning, should I be more involved? How to, how to be more involved? What would you say to that pastor? It's a great question. I think that um, I would encourage you to be involved, right? Um, because um, one, I think that if your church is healthy and the gospel is going forth from your own congregation, you want to give a good reflection to your community of what, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to trust and believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. If we're working at doing that hard here, if there is a church in your town, it's a Southern Baptist church that is not doing that as well, I think the, the community gets a, a false picture of what it means to be a Christian. So I think that when, when churches are healthier, uh, I think that the, the community understands what it means to be a Christian, what it doesn't mean to be a Christian. We can really test and see whether we're in the faith. Um, so I think that by going and being involved in the convention associations, you say that I care more about God and his kingdom than my own little kingdom here in my, in my church. We know that God has given me these people to shepherd and oversee, um, but we want our people to care about other people outside of our, our own church, right? So I think there's, there's a reason there. I think the seminaries are in a great place, right? And I think because the seminaries are in a great place and they're holding true to Scripture and teaching good doctrine, that the Southern Baptist Convention is going to be strong for years to come. Um, you know, also, I don't. I, I think, my goodness, the IMB, if you just were at the commissioning ceremony and just saw how um, men and women are giving up their lives to go for the nations, and we're sending them. We're, our missionaries, we're mm-hmm. sending them. We're actually supporting them. So every uh, a, a portion of every one of our dollars that is given goes towards uh, the international mission field. Uh, praise God for that. You know, I don't think that, you know, you may be able to break off and, what you'll find is you'll find people who agree with with you. Maybe you can cooperate with people who agree with you on, on, on in a more close-knit group. But I think you're going to find that, that group to be pretty small. So, What if someone would say, you know, denominations, you know, these kind of churches, they're too institutionalized. What would be your maybe pushback on that? Well, I think that um, institutions are not bad. Right? I think that sometimes we have kind of an anti-authoritarian age we live in. People think that institutions are bad. Well, hospitals aren't bad, but they're an institution. Um, you know, I think the government is designed by God for our good, to, to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. First uh, Peter 2, uh, that's an institution established by God. Marriage, family, it's an institution. So institutions aren't bad. I think the institution of the church was purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ, who he paid for with his own blood. So God established the church. Um, Christ followers who are going to, to trust in, 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 the, in the good confession of the gospel. Um, so I don't think that um, denominations themselves, because their institution, are bad, right? I think some institutions, right, um, like denominations, can get bloated, right, can get, have mission drift, can shift. And I think that you can say, well, then I'm done with the denomination, or I'm done with the institution, mm-hmm. um, or you can kind of work to correct it, right? So if a marriage is bad, one institution of marriage with a husband and a wife. If one um, marriage breaks up, it doesn't mean you throw in marriage. You just work to maybe for better marriages in your church or better marriages in your, in your, own, in your own life. Um, so I think that denominations can be a wonderful blessing because what denominations do, denominations says, I care about what the Bible teaches. I care about not just um, my, my own interpretation, but, you know, in terms of the gospel. So we, we are Christians, we believe the gospel, but I think baptism matters. So first tier issues are, are, you know, is Christ the son of God? Did he 
bodily die and was he bodily raised? Well, that's a that's a, a core tenet of Christianity. Now, maybe we can we can all agree if we're Christians, if we have to agree on that. But with the second tier would be maybe the, the baptism. You believe in infant baptism, you don't. But well, someone may believe in infant baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't. Well, it's going to be really weird to, to fellowship as a church. It's not going to make sense how we do things, mm-hmm. right? So it would, in that case, it would just be better to you have your uh, people that agree with you. We have ours, you know. So I think there's, there's health in that. Yeah, which brings me to the next question. I heard, uh, are denominations good, or do they just show how disunified Christians actually are? I heard a quote recently, the George Wilfell quote, you know, someone's talking to God in heaven. He says, are there any Lutherans there? He says, no. Are there any Baptists there? No. Are there any Presbyterians? No. He goes, well, who's there? Christians. What would you say to that? I would say I, I agree with that person. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that we are, uh, Christians are, they're only going to be Christians in heaven, right? And we're going we're gonna to realize when we get to glory that we were wrong in certain areas, right? And that our brother, our brethren that we were against in some sense, uh, maybe had a different interpretation, were right, right? I think God will, all things will be clear when we get to, get to glory. And praise God for that. I think that's why we, we should understand that everything that we have, we've been given by God and we should be humble and we should be, grateful for the scriptures that we can wrestle with, right? And grateful that there's brothers and sisters who truly are brothers and sisters who disagree with us. I think that's edifying for our own soul. Um, uh, but I, again, I think I don't think it's a sign of our disunity. I just think that we, we care about what the Bible says, right? And to say that we only can agree on this one little nugget of the gospel and God doesn't speak about anything else, I, I just think that's, you know, we don't live our life that way. You know, so I, I just I, I just think that that's, you know, because I was talking to a friend, a friend of mine who's, who's not really walking faithfully with the Lord. You know, he's saying, listen, I, I'm trying to find people in my life who have the same values as I do, right? Because I want to have my kids around around them to be raising our kids the same way, you know, in terms of how much screen time people have or, you know, what kind of shows they watch. Because I want my kids to be influenced a certain direction. I think in many ways, it's what denominations do. It's like we, we, we agree a certain area, uh, what the scriptures teach in these areas. We want to come together and live those principles out together. I don't think that's a sign of disunity. I think it's just a sign that we care about things outside of the, the core gospel of death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Um, so we can end here. Is there anything you'd want to tell listeners about you know, your trip? convention, word of encouragement, anything like that? I would say the word of encouragement is that uh, I, I think that what I see happening is God's purifying his church. You know, I think that we have to have a reckoning uh, for how we have done things poorly. Right? And I think God is moving in a positive way. Uh, I think that there are, the gospel is strong in the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, I think that we can agree on the Baptist faith and message. You know, I think that we, are, um, we have to be aware of how to disagree you know, I think that um, largely, I think that things are headed in the right directions. I think the new appointments from you know, President Greenway and Southwestern and um, President Dew at North New Orleans Baptist that I was coming is a wonderful thing. Um, you know, I think that I was super encouraged by my lunch at um, uh, with the Southern Southeastern right um, alumni luncheon. It was wonderful to to hear um, what God's doing uh, on that campus. So I think there's a lot of positives, right? I mean, I think that the dangers that are happening in our uh, denomination. I think that our, this, the dangers that will always be there until the Lord returns is that denominations have a tendency to drift left, right? And my fear in the SBC is that we are going to become looser 
on our distinctives. And if we become looser on our distinctives, we may not um, hold fast to what the scriptures teach, right? So um, I think making sure that we are robustly complementarian is important uh, to make sure that we have a right view of justice and the church's response um, in terms of their mission to the poor and to uh, inequality and injustice. Um, so I think I, I would encourage people to continue to be faithful to their church and you know, be praying for um, the Southern Baptist Convention and their leaders that we would stay faithful to the scriptures. That's all I got for you. Wonderful. Why don't you uh, pray for us, friend? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, God, that you have given us. Lord, we thank you that you have um, purchased a people. You have purchased the church with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. And we're thankful, Father, that there are um, good divisions in your church, Lord, where there, it's not because of anger and fighting, Lord, but there is uh, divisions over what your text says, Lord. And uh, we hold fast to our convictions, Lord, knowing that we all agree, Father, on the gospel, though. And we just praise you, Father, for that unity in the gospel through your Son, Jesus Christ. We're thankful, Father, that we get to send, we're able to send Dave, Pastor Dave, here to the convention and to talk and to hear and listen, Lord. We pray for our domination, God, that you would continue to move us uh, as a whole more and more closer that, as Christians, Lord, become more like your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. We pray, Father, that a year from now we can look back and say, look how we have grown as believers in your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, knowing, Father, we will not be perfected until Christ returns. So we say together, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. We pray these things in Christ's name.